0: Fiori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash soccer.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: The Stadio Aniki for this highly anticipated duel between Salernitana and Inter. Lautaro Martinez, unstoppable, deadly, an amazing start to the season. Come back for Christian Pulitzer! Oh! The Americans done it again for his third of the year! Deep into added time, on Zalap, fabulous
3: finish. He seals victory here for Fiorentina.
4: Welcome back. A big weekend ahead in Serie A. Let's take a look at the notable fixtures. Tomorrow morning, Inter Milan will host Bologna. You can watch that match right here on the Galazzo Network at 9 a.m. We have Juventus versus Torino. Genoa taking on AC Milan. Lazio hosts Atalanta. On Sunday, Cagliari versus Roma. And on Sunday, Napoli will face Fiorentina. So let's chat a little Inter-Bologna. Inter been cooking as we like to say.
3: They've been cooking. I, but cooking. are they going to cook Bologna? <laughs>
4: cooking. Are they going to cook Bologna? That's <laughs> Very good. Nice. That's good. That's good. Is that what
5: you were laughing about before we started? No. I, Charlie Touchery. No. What, what, <laughs> would you, right. say yes. would you say that they're a better side this season than last? Inter? Yes. Oh, Absolutely. But for sure. why? What makes them so much better? Because last year I remember watching them in the Champions League final, and they looked good for the first forty-five. But you could tell they didn't have the pieces. This year, Marcus Thuram is a big addition. Such a good player. But defensively, there's so much more.
3: There's so much. Stronger.
4: Their goal differential is plus sixteen. Bastoni. Like they're scoring goals and not allowing. They, many.
3: It's it's a couple things. The depth is massive the players that they have on the bench could be starters in C- Serie A games. Like, they're able to rotate. Pavard, he's just starting to play. I think he only played two games, and we're talking about Pavard, who's so great on the ball. I think the biggest thing that they've learned and the problem last year is that in Serie A, I think they had 12 losses, mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing. And Inzaghi is a, a newer coach. He's only, this is his third year. He was at Lazio before where pressure is different. He's learning from his mistakes. In small games, in, actually it was against Bologna a couple years ago where they lost to Scudetto. They were not motivated in those moments, and that takes time for a team for a coach to learn those those opportunities and you know sometimes you have to fail to get forward they've done that and they look almost perfect so far this year so for me that's been the improvement the guys off the bench but also inzaghi learning what he's done wrong and how to get it right but he's going up against bologna is an amazing team mm-hmm. they have the second best defense in the league four clean sheets in a row
5: and tiago motta you want to talk about next best coaches
3: tiago motta is going to be one of the next best coaches
5: yeah, I remember when Tiago Mota wanted to be a coach. He said he was going to play a two-seven-two, but 2 but he meant yeah, from yeah. left to right, and he wanted the goalkeeper to be a midfielder, and people thought he was crazy. He's like, this guy's going to play two-seven-two with a goalkeeper all the way up in the but middle It was
3: game. basically a 4-3-3. He
5: was just looking yeah, at Yeah, but it he at. was talking about uh, sort of looking at it from a, a vertical standpoint as opposed to a horizontal or whatever the other way is. You know what I'm talking about, long ways. Uh, <laughs> totally. But Tiago Mota, he's one, of those, he's one of those coaches that has the mentality to be – Super offensive, and then when I look at Inzaghi, I mean this is almost old school Italian style. I don't want to call it Catenaccio because it's, it's not. not exa- it's yeah. not, but it's super old school, and it's clamped down. It really is clamped down, and it's impressive because if you look last year, you would assume, especially with a player like Lukaku, that they, they would have been clicking at this rate. This has been and I'd say fresh say, Taro Martinez is, is oh, I would say is Martinez has
6: just elevated his game. He was already in a one of the I'd say best strikers in Serie A, of course, but I feel like now he's. Elevating into a world-class mm-hmm. striker because he's mm-hmm. so he's so complete. He's he's not just relying on goal scoring. It's his movement and and his, his finishing ability
3: is incredible. And one touch, you see that? Yes, he's I- so good at these quick releases, which catches everyone off guard. He's elite at doing that. But what's crazy is. He's not like that with Argentina. Mm. Yes, different pressures. When when Lukaku, it's it's actually really crazy. Him and and uh, Lukaku had an amazing partnership right. up front. But Lukaku was the, the the man that everyone talked about. Once he left, we're nervous. We're like, all right, how's Lautaro gonna do being the man? He's he wears the captain's armband for Inter now. He stepped up to the plate, having that responsibility. So it could it could go one way or the other. It could make you amazing or it could hurt you. It's helped him so mm-hmm. much.
4: Four goals off the bench. Off the bench last weekend, which is completely wild. Marco, if you had to pick right now who the Scudetto favorites are, would you say is? I mean, I picked them in August. Yeah.
3: Let's just say this: the rest of the crew—Papi, Matteo, Grella—they all had everybody else. Throwing everyone to the bus. That's it. I'm not going to (laughs) forget. Juventus, Napoli, Milan. (laughs) Milan is still there, but this Inter side is too strong.
4: Too strong, he says. Um, All right, let's transition over to uh, the Premier League. Here's a look at the notable matches for the weekend. We've got Luton Town hosting Tottenham tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. on USA. Burnley will host Chelsea. Manchester United will take on Brentford. um, But on Sunday, the one I'm watching, guys, Brighton, Liverpool. We already chatted about Arsenal, Manchester City. I know, there's some tasty fixtures this weekend. Arsenal
5: City, Manchester United with all the pressure they have. Manchester United Brentford is going to be tough. (laughs) Yeah.
4: I I am gonna feel bad talking about Manchester United because I feel like we have just hammered them this week. I
5: a, yeah. kind a of good, kind of so. good friend of mine, I, a good friend of mine is like, could you just could stop? you just stop? I, a good, yeah. a good, <laughs> it's has doing it. A I, good friend
6: of mine who uh, happens to not be here at the moment, he's on a little break, a little sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, a little, a yeah. little, uh, a oh, little, 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 producer, the CP over here, Mike Nastry, he's salty. He watches this show. He's just
5: salty. We started putting screen caps in the and I was like, well, I need to stop. Getting trouble. I know. <laughs> yeah. he was,
6: yeah. he's, he's getting
4: yeah. worked up. He's got <laughs> he's all, and then up. this one's got all kinds of receipts. So you can, I can Bro, only imagine. If this trend he's got continues. his little baby Enzo. He's looking. It's oh, not going to be pretty. Makes, you know,
6: the phone's vibrating, mm. and <laughs> <laughs> it's him like this. It's,
3: <laughs> it's me. Like, look how far
5: you have to scroll to see where uh, Manchester. So what did he say about
3: you when uh, when you lost uh, in Champions League? Oh, he tried. <laughs> I had the clap back. You got to be careful. Yeah. If you talk, but then you have to. He started.
6: But we're talking about right now. You guys just United, lost. United are in.
5: Who, who lost? Arsenal. Dire straits for Manchester yeah. United right in, now. In Nothing the, is going well. Do you really,
4: know, so Anita said something um, on the broadcast which I thought was interesting. She said she had spoken to a bunch of Manchester United fans when she was there in Manchester and that like they were all on the side of Eric Ten Hag. Like they still like had his back. And I'm thinking is that true? Is that actually the case? Because when you are booing at home at Old Trafford like that. I have, I have a hard time believing that everyone's I, all he, full support all is behind.
5: was like, yeah, yeah, where was this it's energy The blame game has been going around well, for well, a long time. Where was that support for me? Right? right. But we talked about <laughs> this in the pre-production. You know, you're going to have to start questioning his decision-making because Sofian Amrabat at left back, that was horrific.
6: What, what about
5: <laughs> was a awful. player like McTominay
6: who's balling with Scotland? Looks and gets, amazing at Scotland. And gets no love at United. Nothing. Zero. So uh, and then you bring in you talk about Anthony all that drama Ugh. talk about Jaden Sancho and all that drama and I've caught just I've ma- caught him. managing the team not getting the most out of Marcus Rashford at the moment mm-hmm. and you know you could put the pressure you could say he's not performing but
4: but does that is, does that fall on Eric Ten Haag yes think, that's, that's why they're squad? backing
6: I mean, no, you're the I manager everything falls on you yeah it's your squad it's that's your true. team.
3: But I think that's, that's the only reason why I see Manchester United fans backing him mm-hmm. is because, of, like, so much is going wrong. Like, if we change coaches, does that make it worse? Right, uh, and get rid they blamed the, coaches you, in the past and but nothing this is, has changed. You get rid this
6: of De Gea. De Gea. You get rid of De Gea Ooh. to bring in your goalkeeper. He's sitting at home. He's Onana. sitting at home. How many mistakes has O'Nana made?
4: It's not. He didn't make those mistakes
6: at Inter. No, until he right you, now. No, I saw him a capable defense final. in front of
5: him. But at some point, it's your fault. You're the one who brings in Antony for so much money. You're the one who brings in Onana for so much money. You're the one who chastises Ronaldo, which I actually agree with, and you got him out. You're the one who makes all these decisions, and none of it is going well. You're the one who separates. I mean, not the first I one. I mean, last year it went well. It went pretty well. It went. Really well. It went beat pretty Brentford well. Brentford at home. It's, this is it's, this it's, weekend. It's, the booze are gonna start from the mm. 45th minute, not from the 90th. Oof. If you can't beat Brentford. And, and Brentford is good. And then Brentford is not
4: yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. There's Thomas Frank you.
5: has his,
6: his squad playing well. It's
4: not gonna be easy. All right. We're gonna take another break. Chris Whittingham is gonna be back with some more headlines when we return. Stick around, guys. We'll be right back.
1: Passion, drive, and patience.
4: Welcome back here's a look at your weekend footy fix today we have some Serie A action to look forward to Empoli taking on Udinese at 12.30pm you can watch that match on Paramount Plus and then tonight Megan Rapinoe's final match for the OL Reign versus Washington Spirit at 8pm on CBS and then on Saturday we've got Dortmund taking on Union Berlin 9.30am on ESPN Plus Manchester United. Brentford, 10 a.m. on USA, and then we've got some MLS action. D.C. United will host NYCFC at 7.30, and FC Dallas will take on San Jose at 8.30 p.m. You can watch those matches on Apple TV. And on Sunday, Arsenal, Man City, 11.30 a.m. on Peacock. Bayern will face Freiburg. Napoli versus Fiorentina, and Rennes will face PSG in France.
6: <laughs> Look at all these matches. France. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what did I uh, miss?
6: Are you are you crazy?
4: <laughs> it's a, it's a we have very
2: popular meme.
4: Anytime. Starting <laughs> oh. from you. You've never seen it. Oh, we gotta show it. We gotta show. it. Whitty, have you seen the? You've no, seen the? No,
2: no, I have. I'm with Marco. I have no idea have what's going no idea. on right oh now. You guys are gosh. doing it in the pre-show meeting. I'm like, what? I was just I was looking at what did you. Was like, yeah. uh, it Miss Universe?
4: So it was like the Miss Universe pageant. Oh, and I know that. All yeah. of the contestants were announcing what country they were from, and, and like, everyone was Chile, like, Argentina, Colombia. Chile, Chile, Colombia, yeah, and then with for good
5: energy, but whatever
4: reason, they got to Miss France, and she was just like. France, and it was like this like gutter. Yeah, she thing. screamed it
5: like she was an American horror story.
4: <laughs> so anytime we talk about Ligue 1 and France, yeah. we, I,
5: it just... Someone will Charlie yell, France, France is it. usually one of these It's loss or France. France.
4: France.
2: You don't get impression France. of it. That's it. Oh, my
5: God. There you go.
2: You're in. That's it, what it sounded continuous. like all right let's get to your headlines this morning we'll start with some usmnt news that american fans won't want to hear us captain tyler adams re-aggravated his long-standing hamstring injury last week in his first match in six months and today bournemouth manager Andoni iraola confirmed that the new injury is quote severe and he wouldn't rule out adams needing another surgery adams has been limited to just one match since march undergoing hamstring surgery in the spring and unfortunately cannot continue for these next few games for Bournemouth. Another star battling a hamstring injury is Lionel Messi, who is included in Argentina's squad for their upcoming World Cup qualifiers against Paraguay and Peru, Lionel Scaloni, named a strong squad that includes Lautaro Martinez and Rodrigo De Paul, as well as Atlanta United star Thiago Almada and Inter Miami's Facundo Farias. Messi has missed four straight matches for Inter Miami since re-aggravating an injury he suffered in Argentina's September qualifier against Ecuador. Another star player called up by their national team despite battling an injury is Wakaio Saka, who is included in Gareth Southgate's England squad for October matches against Australia and Italy despite being an injury doubt. Saka left Arsenal's Champions League game to launch in France. And <laughs> his <That> <available. laughs> yes, availability yes, for Arsenal's Winnie. Premier League showdown with Manchester City on Sunday is still a question mark. Staying in...
6: France!
2: <laughs> PSG's Randal <laughs> Kolo Uzman Ousmane Dembele, Ashraf Hakimi, and Levan Kujawa have been hit with one match suspensions for their role in anti gay chants by PSG fans during a legal match last month. The offensive chants took place during PSG's home match against Marseille in September when PSG fans were heard aiming anti-gay chants at Marseille. four PSG players were seen taking part in the chants, PSG will also have to close a section of the Parc des Princes for one match as part of their punishment for the offensive chants. In Italy, Paul Pogba's positive elevated testosterone test has been confirmed with multiple outlets in Italy reporting that Pogba's backup sample has also confirmed his initial positive test. Pogba is now facing a multi-year ban, and his future at Juventus is in doubt. Juve manager Massimiliano Allegri would not discuss the reports when asked about it at his press conference this morning. Marco, Pogba's return to Juventus was meant to be this homecoming that was going to springboard his career back to where it was a few years ago. It's turned into a nightmare. What next for the French midfielder? Uh, that's it. I, th- I think it's pretty much done for Pogba right, and yes. Juventus.
3: Yeah, it's a disaster. Disaster. From the moment that he came, everyone poked back. He won his, uh, you know, the, the hearts of every fan for what he did the first time, and it started down such a bad. Like it's never just one thing with a player, right? Usually you have to build upon it, and you know he didn't do the surgery when he was supposed to do his surgery. Tried therapy, and then it worsened the injury to make the World Cup. They were working, Juventus' management was working to negotiate his salary down already. And now this comes out, and I think that they'll use it as an excuse. I'm sure that they're finding a way to try to say, let's cut ties, let's end things, because it's been a, a disaster. I don't think his career's over, though.
5: I think once he heals <laughs> up and he's ready
3: to go, he's league. At Juventus, at
5: Juventus, it's over. At Juventus, it's over. At Saudi, Saudi. Pro- yeah, I could see going I mean, to Major League Soccer. I was just, as
4: well. I was gonna ask if that would be. An you don't
5: option. think, you don't think the, the yeah, he's dope injured ninety percent of the time. Hamper. He's barely played. Besides just the
3: drug test, he hasn't played in the last years, and they were desperate. He makes some of the most money on the team. That's the other issue with Pogba, and he's a player that I love. Like, I feel like everyone was always too harsh on him. His time at Manchester United, he was a scapegoat. He was always thrown in into the fire when he was never put in a good position. And then I watched his last two years at Juventus, and he's becoming tough. It's tough for people that love him, that stuck with him, to stick up for the decisions that he's made in these mm-hmm. past couple of years. How yeah. old is he?
5: 30. I don't
4: think he's that old. I, I'm looking it up 31? now. 31?
5: 34? Here's the problem. 30. 30? Yeah. Here's the fear wow. that I— Thanks,
4: Winnie. The
5: part that upsets me the most is uh, there have been players in the past that have used performance-enhancing drugs or, uh, uh, you know, these other things that are banned substances. Who's used Other players in other sports. I'm not going to say your name. Barry Bonds, you mentioned uh, when we were in the pre-production meeting or in commercial. But a player like this, I get a feeling Paul Pogba is not using whatever it is, whatever this banned substance is that was discovered, he's not using this to be a superhuman player. He's using it to get over an injury. And that, that, to me, just breaks my heart. Because this is someone who wants to play. And as someone who loved watching him play, I'd love to see him back on the pitch. The rumor is that he took it when he was here in Los
3: Angeles, in the United States, and that it's allowed here And that he didn't know that in Italy it wasn't allowed to save. I know. I'm just putting it out there.
4: It's sad. It's a a sad story. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, It would be great to see him play. I'd love to see him in MLS. And on that note, we're going to take a break. And we're going to chat some MLS because uh, Decision Day is only about two weeks away, guys. And there are some big-time matches coming up this weekend that we have to look forward to. We're going to dive in after a quick timeout. Welcome back, MLS Decision Day is only two weeks away. The stakes are high for teams on the playoff bubble this weekend. Here's a look at the notable fixtures. We've got Montreal taking on Portland Timbers. Inter-Miami will face Supporter Shield winners, FC Cincinnati, DC United, NYCFC. That is a big one in the East. Austin FC will host LAFC, Minnesota United, taking on the LA Galaxy, another big one, and FC Dallas versus San Jose Earthquakes. A lot of six-pointers. A lot. Oh, so oh, man. It's wild. It's, it's definitely going to come down. Decision day is going to be unhinged as it. <laughs> seemingly always is. Always That's is. just kind of how it goes. But we, um, we need
2: some results this weekend, though, in yes. order to make that happen. In exactly. order for there to still be some jeopardy in those final places.
4: Uh,
6: no, uh, I, I still think there's going to be jeopardy in terms of seeding yeah. home
2: field. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, like getting top four. Remember, we're going to a best of three first round playoff format. So you want home field for that first round. So top four places are important. I, I, I think as well. I'm talking to some coaches around the league. Being top seven is important. So you want to <laughs> avoid that, <laughs> that, that single elimination game. wild card game. Uh, eight versus nine. So I still think that even from within that, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll want to move up the table.
4: 100%. For people that don't know, the MLS playoff format is a bit different this year. There is going to be a play-in game between the 8th and the ninth position, and then the first round is going to be a best of three. Yeah. And, and then, then single elimination after it. that. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be wild. It's
5: like a World Cup format. Right. It <laughs> Basically, is. Yeah. yeah. A little
4: bit. So let's take a look at the bottom half of the Eastern Conference standings and some mm-hmm. of the teams that are sort of hovering in and around that ninth and final playoff spot. So right now it's Montreal in ninth, but look at this. Look at the points here. I mean, everyone but Toronto. Is,
6: it, <laughs> literally,
4: everyone but Toronto is is still at play here, and NYCFC have a big game. Against Huge. DC United. And these That's are for the playoffs. this is I th- this it is, feels like that. It feels like a
5: nine pointer, right? not even a six pointer. Yeah. And we talk about how both teams, right? We were just talking about how DC seemed to be sliding. NYCFC be on the. They
4: beaten in their last six.
5: But so are DC. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But they both have three draws (laughs) and three wins. I mean, it's it's the same thing. And really, if DC are gonna turn it on, they have to do it this weekend. And if NYCFC are gonna prove that they are the team we've seen the last few weeks, they need to do it in this match. There's so much at hand. And I look at one player in particular, and that's Munsev Bakrar. I mean, he's played in 10 matches, he's got three goals in those ten matches. If you're going to be the number nine that NYCFC has struggled so mightily to find, now's when we need you to play, and the score
4: goes. I, I watched him play at um, City Field when they were playing Minnesota United, and Bakhar was a guy. He had he must have had at least a dozen chances yeah. in that game and couldn't put anything away and I just I was like oh my gosh I don't know if I trust him to be the guy. That's only Alex and I'm not saying that to rain on got. your parade but that's, it's. That's all they got. But he he, he shows flashes but yeah. then I just feel like he's incredibly wasteful. In no
2: I, and I saw him you mentioned Toronto being rock bottom I saw them in Leagues Cup and NYCFC smashed Toronto as a lot of teams have done, and Brock was brilliant in that game. I was like, here we go. This is the answer they've been looking for. It's been up and down since, but I think on the other side of this game, it's really interesting with DC United because you mentioned how it's such a big game. I still think even if they won this game, their odds against to make it because this is their last game. They're the only team that Mm -hmm. doesn't play on decision day. The maximum they can get is 40 points. You look below the line, Red Bulls can get there. Uh, Even Inter-Miami can still get there. Charlotte can still get there. Montreal, uh, who's currently above the playoff line, they're one win away from getting above 40 points. I just don't think 40 is going to be enough. I think D.C., Frankly, in the recent run of games, playing in a monsoon against Red Bulls and giving away five goals at home hmm. in a defeat is probably when their playoff road ended. And um, I feel bad for NYCFC
5: because not only do they play DC, but then after that they got to play Chicago, which suddenly are good now. Hey, no, it, but not, now well, I, it, wouldn't, I wouldn't say good. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They've, had some, they have, they've had some positive
6: listen, results. Sixty-two
5: 60, thousand people just watched talk them. Talk about BB. a big
6: match against Charlotte too, because Charlotte have a game in hand. Yeah. So. Charlotte, as, as bad of, as, as, as they have looked um, over the past month, they have a really good shot to get in. They're
4: another team where you, if you look at their, their form – in the game. It's just, I mean, there's a ton of draws. It's yeah. like they don't yeah. win. They don't lose well, a lot of and, games. And the
2: biggest issue for them is they blow leads, yeah. right? They, they didn't against Toronto on Wednesday because nobody does. But, right. but, against, <laughs> but against, you know, I mean, so many teams in recent times, they've, you know, 2-1 up, 2-0 up, and they just blow leads. So I think the fact that not only do they have the game in hand, that game in hand is against Miami and it's during the international break. We know that Messi is going to be away. Now we know Farias is going to be away. We think Diego Gomez will probably be away. They're you're going down the list. It's probably seven, eight internationals are going to be away. Miami <laughs> is not only going to have to win on Saturday against Cincinnati, I think they're going to have to run the table. They're going they to they it's have to. It's, yeah, a home, yeah. it's a home and away against Charlotte. Right, exactly. To days. end the season. In four days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. And mm-hmm. if Messi comes back from the international break fifth, that game is away on turf. And so unless I, you'd have to think unless Miami are still in a position, they've won these two games in order to go going into that game and they need that game, then you run Messi out there. Otherwise, I think you're right. I think Charlotte will have a good chance because of the way the fixtures have lined up for them.
4: Yeah, and it's, it's wild. I'm looking at these standings here on the side, too, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Chicago's in eighth now. Yeah. You know, a 4-1 four, a win over Inter-Miami, they were, and suddenly they were they're, dead like, and, comfortable. They were dead I and buried know.
2: 120 nuts. soccer minutes ago. Crazy. And after Wild. and after crazy, smashing crazy. Miami in the end in the second half and in, in the last <laughs> half hour against Red Bulls, after getting a red card, when they had zero shots in 63 minutes. But they were
4: close zero. to getting. Was were, that fun for it, you? It, it's zero. <laughs>
2: How do you feel in those 63 minutes? <laughs> this this uh, score line.
4: To this
6: score line, too, against Miami was, was flattering. Because yeah. Miami had the chances. Oh, no. I,
2: I think if you look back on Miami's missed playoffs, it'll come back to that moment in Chicago. 1-1. <laughs> Miami are dominating in the game. Facundo Farias has a great chance. Benjamin Karamowski has a great chance. And they just don't put them away. I think if they take a 2-1 lead in that game, they go on to win that game, and we're looking at a table that has Miami on 36 and Chicago below the line.
5: And uh.
2: we can finally stop talking about Chicago.
5: Hey. It's crazy. Hey. They started the season horrifically, and somehow they're in the playoffs? Like New York City FC. Hey, they worked their <laughs> way up. I don't <laughs> know what you're about it. Chicago,
2: it's not even just bad for them to start the season. Before the Red Bulls game, before it turned for them, before they won their last two, two points from 21. You over shoot. over a seven game period coming out of least stuff. they've been bad recently As bleak. Um, and yet I, 120 minutes later who you can, are with the, to the playoffs i can say
6: Sue's. i think there's going to be a number of coaching changes because teams in terms of style uh, entertainment yeah it's it's if been you bleak. don't make the
4: playoffs this year with this expanded field, yeah, then you're. You I got mean, there already there, has to be there serious serious already questions. interim there coaches. There already questions. interim
2: coaches in this field. Exactly. Chicago's on an interim coach. Yep. Red Bull on an interim coach. Miami is on their second coach of the season. So, who's y- one? Who's one that you would say you got to go?
6: You got to go. Uh, I mean, well, TFC already pulled the the plug there. Yeah. Tata Martino already changed in Miami, but Charlotte, for me, yeah, Panzo, mm-hmm. it, it's. I watch them play, and there is no philosophy.
5: I couldn't tell you what their system is. I couldn't tell
6: you.
4: I don't think they have a – I don't think they know. No. You know, it's not a a team with a strong identity. I
6: I mean, Sverdarski's out there, and he's just like, (laughs) I played in the World Cup, and now I come to this. Right. They're – a- any ideas? Yeah. Their creativity—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, uh, it's Which is what he was meant
2: to provide when he was promoted after they let go of Miguel Angel Ramirez for ten games. It was well, Latanzio knows the way with this squad of players. He's going to figure it out, and it is not penned ma- out. A
6: manager who said they're doomed. No, no. <laughs> no. before Screwed. they even played the a game. Screwed. Screwed.
4: Yeah. I was. Spanish word for I yeah. Was literally yeah. there the day. Yeah. He and said I don't it. think we they even wrong. asked him that
5: question. He just said that. He did. Hey guys,
6: He offered it. They it didn't even wild. ask him a
5: question. <laughs> He's like, welcome, everyone. We're screwed. What do you guys got for me? <laughs>
6: uh,
4: quickly, before we go to break, let's take a look at the bottom half of the Western Conference standings and Major League Soccer. Um, as we mentioned, some big six-pointers in the West as well. FC Dallas, San Jose. That one's going to be really interesting. 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And Remember, FC Dallas had their game against Colorado postponed due to inclement weather, weather so they're going to have to make that one up.
2: They were flying stadium signs Ooh, of that game.
5: I yeah. know. Toronto getting the wooden spoon, it looks like. It's oh, yeah. crazy. I cannot believe
6: Minnesota United, Uh, given that (sighs) – Galaxy, Minnesota United,
4: given where they they were. They had it. They had it. They're
6: at the bottom of the Western Conference. Two home wins all season, Charlie?
4: Uh, Two home wins? Three. Sorry.
2: Galaxy. Three three wins at home.
4: Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's nuts, guys. We are chatting uh, some NWSL. There's only two match days left in the NWSL regular season. We're diving in after a quick timeout. Welcome back. Only two match days remain in the NWSL regular season and the fight for the top six very much still on. Here's a look at the weekend fixtures. Tonight we have Racing Louisville taking on the Orlando Pride at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that right here on the Galazzo Network. OL Rain tomorrow versus the Washington Spirit. That's a big one. That is also Megan Rapinoe's final home game for the OL Rain. 8 p.m. on CBS. Portland Thorns versus Gotham FC. North Carolina Courage will host the San Diego Wave and Kansas City Current. Will take on the Chicago Red Stars and Houston Dash will host Angel City on Sunday evening. Here's a look at the current NWSL standing San Diego Wave, the only team that has clinched a playoff spot as of yet. Everything is up for play right here. Four points separating the teams in 11th place, place through six, which is. Wild. wild, 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 wild. So, again, only two match days remain. And uh, what better person to bring in to chat all things NWSL than Sandra Herrera. Sandra, good morning. Thanks for taking the time to join us. How are you doing?
7: I'm great. Happy to be here. Good morning to you all. I,
4: I your shirt is fire. Look at well this. Well done.
5: Yeah, who made that?
4: What? I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, this is, uh, I, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can start by talking Rapino. Why not? It's sure. going to be her, her, her send off um, from the OL Reign, her final home match there. Um, number one, it's a big game for, for both teams, but what are going to be your emotions watching sort of Megan Rapino say farewell uh, to, to the OL Reign and to, to NWSL?
7: Oh, gosh. We're going to start with an yeah, emotional fight check? We're
4: going there. Oh, <laughs> my
7: goodness. Uh, it's going to be tough. You know, not like the, the bad tough, the good tough, like sincere uh, difficulties. I mean, I was at the... The September window of friendlies uh, covering the U.S. farewell games of Julie Ertz and, and Megan Rapino. and and that in itself was already like a, a different uh, version of managing emotions. I think witnessing that for the players going through it, uh, the coaching staff and, and even media as well because I think that was one of the things that stuck out as you sort of say farewell to these very iconic players of the game that everyone's got a, a number of Megan Rapino stories uh, and that includes folks who have covered her in some capacity in the media landscape. Um, and just thinking of myself, like in, in that equation, in my timeline of covering this sport and this side of the ball that I don't think there's ever been a window of time where Megan Rapinoe just wasn't part of the sport in, in my time covering it. So, um, it's going to be a big one. It's nice to know that Seattle is, you know, selling a ton of tickets for, for this game. They're pushing for that record. We'll see if it comes to, to life, but I expect, uh, I expect the you know, the, the scene to be really, really awesome. I expect the emotions to, to be high. Um, and hopefully, this icon gets a, a really, really good send off.
3: Uh, Sandra, obviously, it's going to be sad and, and emotional, like you said. But are you also a, a little bit excited to see what Rapino can do off the pitch? Mm.
7: Yeah, of course. I think when we've been going through the, the highs and, and the middles and the lows of, of Megan Rapinoe's career, I think we've listed off all of these accolades that she's accomplished. And it's wild to think about how you can create a very long list of everything that she's accomplished and won on the pitch, but an equally long list of everything that she's done and accomplished off of the pitch as well. So whether it's been you know a, a vocal advocate for LGBTQ plus rights, uh, race, uh, racial issues, uh, equal pay, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on and on. And I think part of the retirement angle of this and this folks asking her what she's going to move on next to that, that's not going to go away. That's, you know, so much a part of, of her and, and who she is. So I'm absolutely eager to see what, what she's got next. Already alluding to how she's she's retiring, but she's not exactly going away. Definitely letting us know in, in, in media availabilities that she's going to be affiliated with women's sport in general somehow in the future.
5: Well, let me be the first to say, hey, come sit at this desk with yeah. us, bro, come hang out, oh, Megan rapino. She's going to replace insight. you, watch out. Right? <laughs> I'll, I'll be behind <laughs> her like, yo, you need anything, coffee? Uh, I do yeah. have a, I want to ask a question about NWSL because how is it possible that only one team is qualified so far? So many teams have a chance? And I'm looking at the I'm looking at the teams, and I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, Racing Louisville, or as we call them on the show, Rossing, Rossing Louisville Racing uh, yeah, Louisville. Louisville. Uh, the last match of the season, they got two matches left. last one is against uh, Orlando Pride, which that one's probably going to be for the playoffs. Do you see a team like Racing Louisville get in? Uh,
7: you know, I think they're struggling right now down the show. I got to be honest with you. I got a real good close-up view of their last game against Chicago. I went to that game and saw them come come out against against that team. And I would argue that their last two games were sort of those must-win type of games. Uh, speaking with Kim Grant on a media call, him alluding to that previous match a couple weeks ago against Houston Dash, saying this is a very important game, perhaps one of the most important games of the season. Drop that. Went on the road to Chicago, ended up dropping that one as well. So, uh, look, if those two games were the most important games, what does that make? This one, So I think this has been a really good team that we've seen kind of take a little bit of a next step in this season. They've got a lot of international players, but I think we're starting to see the effects of the World Cup kind of come into play during this final stretch of the season for them. I think there's not only other teams in front of them that are in better position and maybe in better form, but there's also things like their injury bugs that they're going to take a look at. They've had to deal with some lingering issues there. Uh, they're not going to have uh, as much depth going into this next with Uchenna Canoe issued uh, a one-game suspension off of that boot to the face to Deirdre Davidson. And in Chicago. So it's it's a tough situation. It's not impossible. I just think there's a lot of obstacles in front of them, but they can on the other side of that coin, be equally motivated by all of those things to try and push through. So I think this is a good head uh, head to head between Orlando and racing because Orlando might not have or uh, racing and they might not have the the longest history against each other because racing hasn't been around for for so long. Uh, But I think obviously if there's a draw in this one, I don't know if that actually helps either side. I think there needs to be a winner. There needs to be a loser because just like those two teams are in the mix, I'm also looking at Houston Dash to maybe make some noise and make a push to break through to the playoffs as well well you, you
6: spoke about houston there I, i'm curious on what you think about orlando pride because they're they're coming into this two-game win streak now they're playing louisville but also they have a favorable match against houston in the last game yeah. of the season does orlando sneak into the playoffs because given that ol rain and washington spirit are playing in this this fifth 6th matchup this weekend
7: Yeah, it's almost like this weekend's slate of games is like kind of the pre-decision day type of weekend. I know we've got all those kickoffs that are going to happen at the same time on the final match day of the season. But this one is really going to set up those storylines ahead of that weekend. Who's going to be the winner out of Washington and and, and O.L. Reign is going to have huge implications on what could possibly happen on decision day. You know, so I think Houston is involved in that equation. Spirit rain it's it's wild to think about those two teams specifically in the rain and the spirit as two teams that have mostly been in the upper half of the table throughout the duration of the season that one of them come this final two match weeks could possibly be bounced from the playoffs it's wild to think about but hey that's NWSL, baby. This is not shocking, I think, for anyone who goes here. Uh, I think the last couple of seasons have shown that things have come down to playoff positioning and playoff seasoning, uh, always on those final two-to-one match days, and I love that the league finally kind of rallied behind that and said, hey, we got one of the most competitive leagues in the world. Let's make sure that we push that, and in the scheduling for this season, they decided to, to mark down a, a decision day, so I'm, I'm eager to see that. But it's not too shocking to see things kind of come down to these final few weeks. So it, it's wild to think that San Diego's the only one, and then four teams from the who are actually on the bottom half of that table actually have a shot to get into the playoffs.
4: I love it. It's NWSL, baby. Yeah. I think we can turn <laughs> that into a T-shirt, yeah. Sandra. I, we're we're going to make it happen. Give me a shirt that says <laughs> everyone but the
5: current. <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> Why you got to do that? Why you got to do that to KC? I know, right? <laughs> <Rip>. <laughs> uh, Sandra, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. Enjoy all the matches this weekend. We'll check in with you very soon.
7: Take it easy, y'all. Thanks.
4: We're going to take another break, but plenty more to come on Morning Footy when we return. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Welcome back. Here's a look at your weekend footy fix. Starting with today, we have Empoli taking on Udinese at 12.30 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. Racing Louisville versus Orlando Pride tonight at 7.30 and OL Rain versus Washington Spirit at 8.00 p.m. on CBS. Then on Saturday, Bundesliga Dortmund will face Union Berlin at 9.30 a.m. You can watch that match on ESPN+. Plus. The Portland Thorns will take on Gotham at 5.00 p.m. on Paramount+. And in MLS action, we have DC United taking on NYCFC at 7:30 p.m. you can watch all those MLS matches on Apple TV and on Sunday Arsenal will face Manchester City at 11:30 a.m. on Peacock Bayern versus Freiburg, Napoli Fiorentina and Rennes versus PSG 2:45 p.m. you can watch that match on in Sports <sighs> lots of soccer to look forward to mm-hmm. this weekend lots of opportunities to make some money, make some picks. So we're gonna bring in our good friend, Jimmy Conrad, who is finally paying up on his bet, rocking the Croatian ah, kit. Yeah.
5: That's what took it is. Took you a while. Yeah, and a beautiful It took me a like few that.
8: months. Yes, I lost some betting stuff to the boss, big Pete Radovich, the great Pete Radovich. I will say that uh, Chessy Tom, I believe is how you say congrats in Croatian, so. Congrats, Pete. Uh, you won the bet. I didn't. But guess what? We got a whole new season to look forward to. So I'm excited to get into it. Let's go, Susanna. Let's go. Wait, the betting guy lost the bet?
4: The betting guy lost the bet. The we all did. Happens. It it happens. It
5: Not as bad it as the Syria team. All though. I know is we
6: got to run it back <laughs> this year. I, wa- I want those want to do that again. I do. What is wrong
4: with I don't I think know. Pete's I know do that I can again.
5: win, I can beat.
4: He had his own money involved. He's not he's not doing that again. I could beat the
5: system. What did you guys call it? The scametsa or something like that? I didn't hit on one pick. How did you do on that? I finished second. No? Jimmy,
4: yeah. Jimmy was but so ashamed, as much to the was red, we
5: all did. So. Okay, anyway. Jimmy.
4: Before we get to your picks for this weekend, uh, earlier on the yes. show we discussed the roster drop for the U.S. Men's National Team ahead of the the friendlies against Germany and Ghana. Just you know, as a as a former member of the U.S. Men's National Team, wink, wink, would love to get your your thoughts on what this roster looks like. Who stands out?
8: Well, Gio Reda, of course. I'm sure you dove into that topic pretty sure heavily. Did. Listen, listen, Gio and Greg holding hands, BFFs again. I am all for it. I think, honestly, though, establishing a good relationship between those two. You know, Gio is arguably one of the most talented players we've ever had in our pool. We need him healthy. We need him inspired. We need him wanting to be there. And I think this is a good opportunity to bring him back into the fold and and see where he is. I, not only just for him and Greg, but for, for the rest of the group to say, hey, we're moving past this big drama between these two families and we're ready to focus on what needs to happen on the field because obviously we're going to rely on this player G arena for a lot of big games over the next couple, couple of years. So that that really stands out. Of course, uh, I'm excited to see Leonard Maloney in there. He's in the team of the week for the Bundesliga for kicker magazine this past week and and Heidenheim's one one zero win over Union Berlin. Tyler Adams obviously still having an extended injury. So that sixth spot is wide open. I think Maloney could fill it. So I want to see how he performs as well. Hopefully he'll get an opportunity.
5: Jimmy, there's a lot of six-pointer matches coming up in MLS this weekend. You're a betting guy. Should I be putting my money on NYCFC? Yes or no? <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. You know what? I'll say I'll say with this. NYCFC is one of the hottest teams. I mean, they're not winning games, but they're not losing games either. And they're right on the heels of Montreal. Montreal are hosting the red hot Portland <laughs> Timbers. The Timbers, after after firing Gio Savaresi. They, they have been unbelievable. They lost their first one under Miles Joseph, but then have been on a seven-game unbeaten streak, winning five of those. So I like NYCFC to potentially get a result because I don't really feel Montreal, and I think they could leapfrog them to get into the playoffs. That's a really long way of me saying that that's, that's a decent bet if you want to go with the Pigeons.
6: Well, the Western Conference, Jimmy, is... Just, I mean, it's almost like chaos, the, these last two. <laughs> That's two a great games. way to put it. Who do you see rising up <laughs> in the Western Conference, and who do you see falling out in, out of a playoff spot? I know Austin, Minnesota, you know, they're still in it. Who do you see cracking into the, to the, to the playoffs, and who do you see falling out?
8: Well, what's interesting is that there's a big game to, uh, this, this weekend. FC Dallas is hosting San Jose Earthquakes. They're both in the last two spots for the playoffs, Chuck and I feel like that could determine what's gonna happen. What's crazy between these two teams, FC Dallas have tied five of their last six, the Quakes have tied four of their last six, and of these, when they played each other, the last eight times they played each other, there's been six draws. I kinda like the Quakes to go get a winner draw in Dallas, minus 110, but... Uh, I, I actually think that Dallas and and the earthquakes are gonna be the two teams that end up getting those last two spots. With all due respect to my former club sporting Kansas City, I just don't know if they're gonna do it.
4: Wow, that's very professional of you, Jimmy. Uh, I, guys, we just got word from from our boss too. We're running it back. That's a <laughs>
5: Pete Radovich, let's go. I'll take the house, let's go! Oh, come, on, Pete. come on, Pete, let's go, baby, let's go. <laughs>
3: Please clip this moment of you guys celebrating. I didn't celebrate. I'm actually
6: terrified. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. taking the house down.
5: I stink. More Croatia
3: jerseys. Let's go.
4: Apparently, next next week we are starting inspired by Jimmy's shirt. Oh my goodness. I need some help. Guys, thank you so much for watching. All week. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you Monday.